0: Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots podcast. Today we're going to be joined by a, a cast of characters here. We're going to be joined by the OG himself, Triple OG over here, uh the one and only Paul Garcia. Paul, how's it going, man? How you doing in this cold weather?
1: I'm I'm actually in, uh, I'm I'm in a different part. I'm not in San Antonio, so it's actually a little warmer here. I was surprised that everything's shutting down over there from what I saw or heard from my family. But I'm doing I'm doing well, Joe.
0: Oh, cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us. And we're also here by our other Two Shots alum, uh, we got Rudy Campos Jr., host of Sweep the League. Rudy, thank you for joining us. How you doing?
2: Good. Appreciate you having me on. And, yeah, um, this cold weather, it sucks because I lost weight, and now I don't have the fatness to keep me warm anymore. <laughs> so you're over there shivering, man. Yeah, literally my office is freezing, too, because it's an old garage. So, yeah, I'm oh, freezing. Yeah, I'm you should have just got some...
0: You should have made you some abuelita hot chocolate. Well, there.
2: I I have coffee, so I'm there keeping warm. I'm not gonna say they're spiked, but it could be.
0: Oh, hey, I miss the old Rudy. <laughs> you, you know that.
2: Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. I miss him too. He was warmer than he is now. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was a lot of fun. He was. He, <laughs> his antics on social media. Once he had one or two shots of. Uh, podcast uh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, we got to go back and look at the footage i'm just
2: playing <laughs> mm, i think it's been erased yeah
0: for <laughs> the best and we're also joined here by our our good friend wesley perkins wesley it's been some time man thanks for joining us
3: yeah guys hey it's great to be on excited to talk some sports with y'all
0: yeah and the last but not least we have the the one and only benjamin bornstein oh, boy. the official prospect aficionado here ben how's it going
4: fantastic sir a little warmer than you guys here in atlanta so i've got that going for me
0: And there you go at least you're not freezing over here like we are man right I mean, yet the temperature i think is hovering right above freezing last i checked we're about 33 uh it should be closer to 32 degrees now expecting rain everybody's just trying to stay warm people at HEB are thinking this is the apocalypse the end of the world you know hoarding the toilet paper Buying up all the food, you know, the usual. That checks out. Yeah, acting a fool. And I'm just here at home, just like, yeah, it's just another day, man. When we go to the groceries after the, the cold spell, the shelves will be full once again. You know, so it was all for naught. You know how people will react here, uh Rudy. You know how it is.
2: Oh, I know. Just as long as they stay away from my beer and stuff, then we're good.
0: <laughs> hey, Rudy has like a, a, a liquor store, right? in your own backyard, you could literally just jump to the fence and you're there.
2: Yeah. I have a liquor store. I've got a dollar store right behind me and I've got all the, uh, all the ingredients of a perfect San Antonio neighborhood with the, uh, druggies and everything that live in the alley behind me. So yeah, I live in the perfect spot in San Antonio. I get it. All the culture here. You got lots of stuff to keep you warm. Man. All the culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, need
0: to go live with his, uh, his uh, his uh, security camera that he has in the backyard, you know, that would be inter- entertaining.
4: Yeah. Put it on YouTube. Just let it, <laughs> put it record live. Just Keep I it going. If there's ever
2: a way to grow my TikTok channel, it's definitely posting that just in the alley alone. Yeah. I'll have a the million. transients,
0: yeah, in the alley. You know, the fights and stuff that go on back there, um, the antics.
2: Transients, trans, whatever. They're all back there, man. So. Oh God,
0: <laughs> that's oh, that's a show God. for another day. That's for the mm-hmm. the league after dark.
2: Yeah, I can't even say I'm past eight o'clock anymore. You're lucky I'm on right now. <laughs> that's <laughs> for the three
4: shots podcast. <laughs> yeah, three shots.
0: <laughs> so we're going to go to get right into this, man. We've been away for some quite some time, you know, full disclosure here. My dad's been sick and I've been uh, starting a new job here. So I've been, you know, been away because I've been a little busy, but it's good to get back into the swing of things and recording uh, a new episode of two shots with everybody here. You know, my my friends with me. So that's even better. And we got some good news that came through the I guess through through the Twitter's uh earlier today and that is that Jeremy Sohan has been officially asked to go ahead and join the Rising Stars uh, game, the Jordan Rising Stars game uh over at the All-Star weekend. So that was some um, big news for for Spurs fans around the Alamo City and around the globe here, you know, that Jeremy Sohan, we had suspected, you know, that he might get the nod, he might you know, be given a solid here and, and be asked to to be part of this, but to actually be official, I mean, that's that's something that is, I guess, uh, a, small, a small victory for Spurs fans in this dismal season that we're having. And I've been happy that Jeremy's been playing great, but, you know, this right here is unexpected and surprising, and I'm all here for it, man. We'll go ahead and get your take. We'll start with you, Ben. What did you think when you heard the news?
4: Oh, I was ecstatic. I mean, it's – it's nice to see someone from San Antonio get the recognition they deserve. It's lovely. Because um, that, that certainly wasn't the case with DeJounte Murray when he was in San Antonio getting the All-Star Games, even though he probably deserved it. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that people recognize Jeremy Sohan for what he's done this season. He's, and frankly, since he's gone to the one-handed free throw approach, he's been phenomenal shooting the ball. Uh, his confidence is growing. I he's a he's a good he's a good fun player man he's just that's that's the kind of guy you want on your team so I'm ecstatic I hope he's in it this year I hope he's in it next year and I'm I'm just hoping that he's on the winning team whatever team it is
0: yeah and I'm just sharing the screen right now to show everybody you know hey the Spurs officially put it up and they're saying congratulations to one uh Jeremy Sohan but yeah i was excited too ben and wesley what did you think i mean what were your initial thoughts when you found out that uh jeremy sohan had been asked to to officially join the rising stars challenge over the rising stars game
3: well like you know like ben just said it it's great that he's getting that recognition but more so than anything else i think that um you know i have to eat a little crow because I'll, I'll be honest when, when the spurs drafted him i was not on i was not on board i didn't think that with his limited skill set at the time that he was going to develop this quickly offensively. I think we all knew he could guard all five positions, but to see him, you know, to echo Ben, to see him grow, you know, his uh, offensive foundation, uh, its it's been pretty phenomenal, um, you know, in this stretch, especially, I know he's averaging, you know, a, about 18 points over these last five games. And so that's, you know, that's great. Um, I, I think he's, he's a versatile kid, and he's got a, uh, just so much upside. So, I wouldn't doubt that this becomes an all-star nod at some point. You know, I, I really think that he is going to be a focal point of this team for a long time. And uh, maybe one of the stats that we have to kind of take a look at going forward, Joe, you know, I just like quirky, weird stats. Uh, what is his record or what is his stats with each hair color? And, and I know his bet so far has been the one he has currently with like the, the, the blonde with the, uh, the Fiesta highlights, but um no, really. I mean, in all, all seriousness, um, he's been a very bright spot. It's nice to hear some some uh, some Spurs uh, pleasantries. I know we've had enough of the of the Stephen Jackson smack talk lately to to fill up a room, and so it's nice to it's nice to see that uh, the young man is getting his just due.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to you next, Rudy. What were your initial thoughts when you found out uh, Jeremy Sohan had been officially asked to join the Rising Stars game?
2: Like the other guys, uh, just echoing what they're saying, it was a uh, it was a great accomplishment by him. Now, coming from a guy that started the season off very slow, very inconsistent. Obviously, you know, you know, Stevie Wonder probably could have shot way better than he was in the beginning of his NBA career. Ben giving me that look, but I mean, it's true. Come on, shooting. man! He was shooting terribly at the beginning of the season, but it shows the development of the player that Jeremy is going to be in the NBA for the San Antonio Spurs in the future. I mean, the last four, five games, he's averaging about 19 points. But look at the last seven games. I mean, he's shooting well over 50% from the three-point line, well over 80, almost 90% from the free throw line. He's averaging right around 18, 19 points per game in these last seven games. Well deserving of it. It just shows the consistency that he's getting uh, with the minutes as well by Pop. Pop has a lot of confidence in him. Let's be real. With Devin sideline, it's opened up. Many doors for Jeremy to be Kelden's right-hand man. So uh, kudos to Jeremy, continue to improve. Um, it's the start of a great career for him, I believe. Will it be an all-star or not? It's way too early to tell, Wesley, but you never know. I mean, we have seen crazier things happen, like Hudley being too drafted to the Pro Bowl this today, apparently, after he only had like one touchdown pass all season. So we've seen crazier things happen in sports, but kudos to Jeremy.
0: And what about you, Paul? Because you know some Spurs fans, which will not be named on this show, oh boy, went ahead and did say that you know after I think it was eight or nine games that uh, Jeremy Sohan was just going to be a bust, that he would they were done with him and he would never amount to anything in the NBA, and that was a trash take. But we won't, we're not going to name names here on that show because I'm not, I'm not petty like that. I could be, but I'm not. So. After, all, after all that, yeah, after all that, you know, it, it seems like a lot of people are eating crow because Spurs fans did say, some Spurs fans did say some not-so-nice things about Jeremy early on in the season without giving the rookie a chance to really show us what he, what he has and, you know, his development throughout the season. So what did you think when you heard the news, you know, that he was selected to the Rising Stars game?
1: Uh, kind of echoing what Rudy said there, he's kind of he's making he's making the best of a, of an opportunity that rookies in San Antonio usually don't get. The fact that he got to start as a rookie, the fact that he's getting a lot more minutes, the fact that Pop's letting him, you know, just go out there and do what you can, you know, just kind of like you know try different roles, try different things, be be aggressive in your shot selection, and we've seen that he's definitely increased that volume um, since Devin Vassell when uh, was injured, like like, like uh, Rudy mentioned there as well. And so I think that that's a really good thing is that like he's not only is he getting the minutes, but he's making the most of those minutes, and it's just crazy just the transformation he's made offensively with that shot, the fact that 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 one-handed shot uh, for the free throw, I mean, we have a 21-game sample size where this dude's shooting over 37% from three now. um, And and then, you know, you're just making jump shots now. That's going to just improve your confidence. And you see how he's just kind of, you know, creating plays in isolation you know, running the pick and roll at times it's really just been um, really um, impressive to see and i think that you know for those that that were disappointed with him early on to start you know we're you're expecting just a, a defensive specialist kind of player a player who moves the ball very well you, were, you weren't even expecting him in, in year 1 to start shooting you know re- decently and the fact that he's really doing that now you know just 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 a month in after changing his shooting form is just um, a really good sign for the future and and and, and again i just think that those expectations uh, they, they didn't really read the draft profile of him where, where he was supposed to be as an nba player those those fans making those kind of comments and so yeah i just think that he's going to continue to improve and it's just you know he has this this the the rest of this season to continue to kind of just you know try different roles try to try to do different things offensively and then on defense as well until you know devin gets back and then also see you know how does he fit in when devin does come back
0: yeah which leads us to our next topic here which is going to be what jeremy sohan has done in the last uh, few games you know with the with the san antonio spurs and while the spurs have not been winning very many games let's be honest you know but that that's not really what spurs fans are are expecting out of this team you know so far into the season more than halfway through through the season where spurs fans are really looking for that uh high pick in in the nba draft to hopefully turn around the team's fortune but over the last couple games here and i'm using this uh uh twitter uh handle that i saw here at the lead uh that gave some decent stats about jeremy sohan over his last seven games He's averaging 18 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, and 3.3 assists per game. Those, those are not two you know, uh, let's say, stats that are too uh, shabby here, you know? I mean, he is a rookie, and from where he started in the beginning of the season to where he is right now, I mean, he's making the best of the opportunity, and he's shown that he's willing to do whatever it takes to work on his game, including shooting that weird one-handed shot, you know, free throw shot, and it's not, you know, people were making fun of him because of that, but it just goes to show that he doesn't really care what other people think. He's just trying to go ahead and make himself better. And by doing that, he's learning that that repetition over and over, which is going to help him become a better free throw shooter. And we've seen that develop here as of late. So, you know, kudos to him for just, you know, working on, on his offensive game because, quite honestly, that wasn't one of his strong suits. If you're looking at his uh, scouting report prior to the draft when he was playing with Baylor... He was known more for his defensive prowess, not so much for his offensive game. But that's something that he's worked on. And, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the kid. He's getting the 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 recognition he deserves. And now people are starting to take notice of him and talk about him a little bit. And I would have to say, quite honestly, that I think he's one of the more interesting uh, rookies to enter the NBA uh, this season, you know. So really good numbers there. So we'll go ahead and go with you, Wesley. What did you think about these stats from... You know Jeremy Sohan over the last couple of games.
3: Yeah, I was reading this afternoon. I think it was the seven game sample size that Paul's talking about a minute ago. It's like 51% uh, from the floor, 51 from three, uh, and 84, 85 from the line. It's, I mean, if you if you have longevity, you know, of those kind of statistics offensively, you know, that's 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 unreal. I mean, and he's starting to put those kind of numbers together on a consistent basis. But it's also the assists, guys. You know, I I think one of the things that I've been most impressed about him offensively. Is watching him kind of take over in a point, you know, forward type of role Mm. where he is his vision is much better than I would have ever anticipated. He made some passes the other night, um, to be honest with you, against the Wizards. With it, you know, it was kind of a outside of the first quarter, it was kind of a throwaway game, but what he had like 15 points in the first quarter, and it was, it was the the things like people cutting back door, him finding on no look passes. He has a lot of the it factor that you we look at when we're saying you know, is in positionalist basketball that we, we see nowadays that that really is sustainable. I mean, there's no doubt about it. His statistics over this this period of time have been astronomical. And um, dare I say, he's been the best player on the floor. I mean, um, Keldon's had, had moments. He's certainly a really good scoring, you know, guard or, or forward. But he's, you know, deep. Keldon has regressed. Uh, I feel like Sohan is somebody that you're going to be able to uh, really rely upon on both ends of the floor. He's going to be a great two-way player. And like I said, I mean, the statistics alone don't don't lie, but it's more so when he's on the floor, the energy of the team is better. Um, we saw that even if you just looked last night, uh, you saw that when he was off the floor, immediately um, the Spurs looked very lethargic. There was no direction. Um, so those are things that as you look forward to uh, it's not all loss this season you know you see the great development of these young players and certainly Sohan and what he's doing is is tremendous right now.
0: Yeah no doubt man well said Wesley and uh, so we're going to go ahead and go to you uh, Ben I mean what are your thoughts here on Jeremy Sohan uh, his statistics over the last couple of games what really stood out at you?
4: I mean the three-point sh- shooting percentage is certainly a number that's um, pretty crazy and I think it's on three attempts a game so it's not you know it's it's not on huge volume but it's not nothing either you know it's kind of in the middle there so i that that number probably sticks out to me the most and certainly the 84% free throw shooting which i think that number maybe i mean the three point shooting percentage number is definitely going to come down at some point that's going to even out over the course of the season but um the 84% i think is much more tenable in keeping up near there with his new free throw shooting form it's i mean it's proven that it's working and um and again good on him for being willing to try something new and saying i don't care if i look ridiculous i don't care if people make fun of me i just want to hit shots and it's working so good for him i can definitely appreciate that if he ever wants to go underhand just let me know i know a few guys he can get in touch with
0: There you go. So you're going to go ahead and help his shot development come along there, Ben.: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and give you the acronym, then. We're going to call you the coach. <laughs>
4: <laughs> great. Or're known 91. as the coach.:
0: <laughs> So Paul, what did you think about Jeremy Sohan's stats? I mean, what has really stood out at you uh, over the course of the last couple of games?
1: Like I mentioned earlier, the aggressiveness, and I was just as, as the other guys were speaking, I was just trying to find some one of the stats that kind of measures that is, you know, how, how often is a player driving in, really taking it to the hole is one of the stats the NBA has called drives, and this is wild. I mean, for the season, he only drives about six times per game. Right now, during these five games, it's at eleven point five, so he's doubled his drives. Like you can just tell, like, like we we're talking about how he's a, he's an initiator, how he gets to almost be like the point guard out there at times, um, and so that's just really big. The fact that yeah, like like even Devin wasn't doing this when he was healthy going to the rim, you know, I mean, attacking the, the the interior 11.5 times a night. So that's really big, the fact that I know it's a very small sample size, just five games, but if he, if he continues to do this, wow, that's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like by the end of the season. I will also say also one thing um, – that 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 reminded me of when when Wesley said that um that, you know he he plays the point a lot is that just just his defensive assignments as well his defensive versatility I go back to that game against the Suns where Coach Pop in the fourth quarter had him all over Chris Paul wanted him to defend him guarding a point guard and so that just shows his kind of of uh, versatility that he has out there on the floor.
0: Yeah, you know he does a lot of the intangibles you know that you don't really see on paper you know but his high energy, his athleticism, um and just his. You know, willingness to do whatever it takes to win. I think it's infectious with the team and it makes them want to play better. You know, it seems like they play a lot better when he's out there on the court. And Rudy, I mean, what has stood out at you uh, with Jeremy Sohan over the course of the last couple of games? You've heard some of the other guys mention some of the other stats that have stood out, such as his three point shooting and also his defensive prowess. But what has stood out to you?
2: Well, I mean, obviously the three-point shooting, you know, shooting over 50% for these last few games, actually the last seven games. One thing that sends out to me big time is free throw percentage. I mean, from a guy that couldn't really shoot the free throw at all, we um, horrendous numbers now shooting over 88% from the free throw line in these last seven games is huge because like Paul mentioned, 11 drives per game, you're going to get to the line, you're going to get yeah. fouled. So you got to make it count. Ben even mentioned, hey, he's only taking about three three-point shots per game, but he's making those three-pointers count. So he's doing the small intangible stuff like the free throws, the three-point shots. He's he's actually making them now. So that's going to increase his point production. That's going to help the Spurs, you know, improve. It's not going to necessarily get them wins, as we can tell. They're on a six-game losing streak. But it's it's just the development part for Jeremy. But what I, what I look at the whole package when it comes to Jeremy Sohan is Right now, he's playing what people were expecting Ben Simmons to be. That point forward, the guy who can defend all five positions, but except he's developing a jump shot that Ben Simmons has never developed. And that's even at the free throw line. So just to continue on the path of improvement, he's got to shoot. You know what? Shooters shoot. He's not necessarily a shooter, but it goes for him too. You've got to shoot the ball. You've got to stay aggressive. I'm really curious to see how he does against Sacramento. For me, that's a massive test because he's going against two really good players in Sabonis and Keegan Murray. So if he does really well, then I think he's on the right path.
0: Yeah, not only that, but what's surprising is Sacramento and how well they've played this season. You know, they're with, they're were currently, I believe they're third in the West, you know, mm-hmm. uh, compared to where they were at last season. They were one of the, the, the wow. lowly bottom feeders in the Western Conference, you know, outside of the... Uh, the playing game but this year they've made a a miraculous turnaround with the infection of talent they have and you know kudos to to their head coach as well you know bringing all those assets together and having them playing at a high level you know it's a pop of its
3: tree joe i mean it's you know you you really seriously you you can see the level of intensity and defense and things that are happening with their athleticism that they already possessed and then you got keegan murray holy cow you know just uh you know i think it's finally all starting to come together for them that's that's cool to see too
0: yeah, it definitely, you know, that Coach Popovich tree is really uh, sprouting its its roots all over the place, you know. Uh, and I think somebody had also said uh, some interesting stat that, you know, there was a, a percentage of the coaches that are in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. a high percentage of them actually are products of the one uh, San Antonio Spurs and uh, Greg Popovich. So it shows you how, you know, the coaches, uh, the, the San Antonio head coach uh, coaching tree is, is spreading its roots all over the league. So. Good to see that, but let's go ahead and talk something else here. Let's go ahead and talk about what you guys think is going to be the ceiling for one Jeremy Sohan, because as Rudy had stated, you know, as you know, kind of comparing him to one Ben Simmons, and a lot of Spurs fans were really high on Ben Simmons last season in the summer. There was all sorts of rumors of hey, let's go ahead and let's they wanted the Spurs to make a trade for Ben Simmons. They think that he would be a great great fit. With the team, but you're seeing that you know Jeremy Sohan could actually probably develop, I in my eyes, and, and have a, a higher ceiling than one Ben Simmons, not only from a defensive perspective, but also from an offensive perspective, which is huge because that's one thing that Ben Simmons really isn't known for. He's more known for kind of deferring that ball a little bit and not so much, you know, wanting to go ahead and take those shots. And it's not a knock on him; that's just you know the type of player that he is. But you know, he has other aspects that are appealing to to other teams. Uh, Jeremy Sohan here, I think, has a high ceiling, and he, he, to me, looks like he's on course to to be a, a very popular player in years to come and possibly even make uh, the All-Star uh, game consistently, you know, because uh, fans are going to be really enamored with with the way that he plays the game, and they're going to see the elevation of, of his game uh, from season to season, you know? So I'm excited for the ceiling of this one, of this young man. What do you think right now? Uh, Paul, as far as the ceiling for one Jeremy Sohan, what do you think the limits are for this young man?
1: No, I think the, I think just the fact that he's already adding this jump shot very early on in rookie in, in year number one is is just really big for him because, like like Rudy said, you know, he has that potential to be like a Ben Simmons player. You got to remember, Ben Simmons is in his prime when he was at his best. He was he was an All NBA level player. He was he made the All NBA I think third team one year. So even even without being able to shoot, I mean, so imagine if Jeremy can actually add a jump shot. So I think that that's the thing is like his ceiling right now. Is like you can't really project it just because of the fact that he might actually add a jump shot here when we, we might have expected him not to do that. So I think that yeah, like he's got he's got a, he's got a, a way to almost be a little bit better than Ben Simmons or go to a more um, different level than, than him. And I know like Draymond Green was also a comp for him um, coming out of college, those kind of players. So so he can be those kind of players, but now with an actual jump shot, which is going to add. I mean, we saw him put 15 points in, a, in one quarter just already, um, um, just recently here. He had a 30 point night uh, in, in, in his rookie year. So so I'm I'm, I'm very interested in what he turns into and the fact that this is a great opportunity. For him, with this bad team right now, because he's going to get so many um, opportunities to to be in different roles, to try different sets, to try different things on offense and on defense. So, so I think that this is a this is a really good year for him to kind of explore that those kind of avenues.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. So let me go ahead and go to you next, uh, Ben. What do you think the ceiling is for one Jeremy Sohan?
4: Uh, I think the ceiling is. It's tough to say before the rookie season's even over, but um, the progress is there, assuming it continues. I mean, all NBA isn't out of the question. I don't know if he'll reach superstar status or if we'll see him that way. I think he will he can certainly make a couple All-Star games, but the way to make All-Star games is to, is to essentially be a sexy player, and that requires you to be a good shooter. It requires you to break guys' ankles because... That's how the voting works now. The fan voting and even at times the media voting is kind of garbage. I mean, if if you want to look at the different voting styles of people this year, look at how Trey Young. Look at how Trey Young's voting worked out. He was, you know, he was like top six in fan voting, media voting, and then by the players, he was voted the twelfth best guard by the players. So you know, he he does a lot of sexy things, you know, that fans and other people see, but, like, clearly other th- players don't care for it. Or, or they're being petty and didn't want him to get to an All-Star game, which is also very possible. I could – Trey Young is very hateable, especially in New York. Um, I find Jeremy Sohan not to be qu- quite hateable. So, you know, I would say as far as player voting goes, he could – you could do better, but um, yeah, I mean like all NBA second team, I think is, I think that's a reasonable ceiling.
0: Yeah. I like that. You know, I I like your take in in regards to what the ceiling would be for one Jeremy Sohan. So we'll go with you next, Rudy. What do you think the ceiling is going to be for one Jeremy Sohan? Are are you as high on him as me and Paul, or are you just kind of more a little bit reserved like Ben and let's go ahead and see the progression of, of his game?
2: it's too, like Ben said, it's too early to tell because this is rookie season. Uh, Potential-wise, I mean, I I really don't have the comparisons. I mean, I know I mentioned Ben Simmons. I think he's improved uh, way more than Ben Simmons ever has in his first few years in the league. And we saw how Ben Simmons turned out. I mean, he had, a, like, an all-NBA roster. He had, I think, an all-star appearance as well. So he's got a few accolades under his belt. But the, with, with uh, Jeremy, what I look at now is I look at, you know, similar comp to like Boris Diaw, a guy that's you know very smart on the court. is able to do everything, but I think his defensive mentality is a lot better than what we was seeing out of Boris Diaw. Um, guy that can run the point, he can make his teammates better. He makes he has a really good basketball IQ. So, I mean, as far as All Star nods go, I mean. It's a good possibility. I mean, hell, anybody can make it into the All-Star game. Uh, I don't like fan voting. I hate fan voting because it just, it's a popularity contest. I mean, it's like voting for the prom king or prom queen. You know, the ugly kid's never going to get the nod over, you know, the varsity football player or whatever. But nonetheless, I mean, even all NBA teams, it's going to be hard for him to make an all NBA team unless he really just balls out. But the key is the Spurs have to have a really good record and have to be in playoff contention. So as long as they're bottom feeders and he's averaging 35 points a game in one point or whatever, he may get the all NBA nod, but it won't be first team. I mean, there's a lot of talent way ahead of him. You know, when you're talking about Giannis and Jokic and Embiid and these guys, um, you know, you got tons of talent ahead of him still. So it'd, be a, it'd be, have to be a pretty special season for him to make All-NBA. And I could see maybe an all-star nod eventually down the road, but definitely not anytime soon. But ceiling-wise, I mean, right now it's too early to tell. Give me, you know, a way better Boris Diaw, you know, just on the low end, uh, which isn't a bad comparison at all for, for uh, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, so, okay, you, you be the tiebreaker here for us, Wesley. We have uh, Rudy and Ben are being a little bit conservative i'm high on, on jeremy sohan i think paul's like hey kid has potential what do you say what do you think the ceiling is for jeremy sohan
3: well let's start with something that greg popovich said right said that uh he didn't compare some compare him directly to manu but he he talked about the fact that he's unpredictable like manu ginobili and that he's kind of a wild card so i think the spurs themselves don't really 100 percent know yet what his ceiling can be because you know it is exciting the type of player that he is. It's, it's infectious. And uh, you know, what he does on the court is, is certainly, you know, it's certainly needed. uh, And I, and I think that he's going to be very important for years to come. I I would say this, let's start with this first. Um, I believe he'll be all rookie uh, on the all rookie team this year, Um, whether he's the first team, maybe not, but if being on that second team, even, I, I think that he will be um, by the end of the season, especially he continues on like he's doing now. Um, going forward, you know, it's fair to make player comparisons because it, it's the best way that we can describe what we feel about a, a player. Um, and, I, and I agree with with what you guys are saying. And, you know, it's it's fair to, to think about Boris or it's fair to think about, you know, Ben or or even Draymond. But um, on the higher end, Joe, just to kind of put it in perspective, I think he could be a, a Jokic type of player. Um, now, maybe to temper that, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, like he's, he's undeniable, but he's showing the, the you know, obviously the ability to run things all through him. You know, what is he going to mean to the Spurs, I think is going to be the most important thing. What is he going to mean going forward? No matter who you get in the lottery this year, whether it's a Wimbayama, whether it's Scoot, whether it's whoever, no matter who they get, where is Jeremy going to be in terms of the Spurs, and that's going to be whether or not he's sexy enough to get an all-star nod too, right? Because if he is the type of person that he's going to lead your defense, he's going to anchor your your defense because he can guard all five of those positions. And he's going to take them on like a, like a Bruce Bowen did with Kobe and all the great stars of, of that time. Or he, he's going to be that guy who's going to bring the ball up and set you up and make sure that you're in the right places. But also, um, he's going to make his teammates better. And then he's also going to be that guy that's clutch and that's making shots. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that he's going to be an all-star in the future, but there's a lot of things that have to go into that. And health is number one in that. And number two is, as you guys are saying, it's really kind of a a, a cause of what is the team going to be like? And then what is he needed to be on the team? And is that going to maybe, I don't want to say hold him back, but is that going to be something that doesn't allow him to be seen has that sexy player that you're talking about. So I think that he has the capability. I do. I'm very high on him. Honestly, I flipped my script. I admit I take the, the foot out of my mouth. I think that he is going to be a very, very good player, a franchise player even. Um, so whether or not he gets All-Star nods, All-NBA in the future, I at least think in the rookie season, he's going to be an All-NBA rookie.
0: Yeah, I think that, like I said, you know, the ceiling is high for, for one Jeremy Sohan. If he can go ahead and continue this uptick and working on his game, uh, I think the kid can pretty much, you know, sky's the limit for him. So I look forward to seeing his growth in, in the coming seasons with the San Antonio Spurs. And hopefully the Spurs can go ahead and turn this around and get back to their winning ways, you know, after the NBA draft. You know, hopefully they can get a high enough pick to turn the fortunes around for this team and, and also for the Spurs fans. Because look at Rudy, man. He's out here still supporting the team, wearing his fiesta colors, you know, and I'm still wearing the hat. I'm still supporting the team. And Wesley's still got his San Antonio... A t-shirt on, and so does Ben. You know, so we're all still here giving the team love, regardless of whether they win or lose. But we love them more when they win.
2: It's laundry day for me, Joe. So I have to. Figure, I had to wear this.
0: No, oh, it was laundry day for you. You'd be wearing your Falcons <laughs> jersey. Let's be honest, Rudy.
2: No, I that's already packed up for the winter. I packed it up back in <laughs> you know preseason. Packed that up in September. I yeah. think you
0: packed it up after they lost the Super Bowl.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I burned all my Matt Ryan stuff too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Rudy. Poor Rudy. He's got no love for Matt Ryan. He wanted him gone right after that Super Bowl game.
2: One of the greatest Falcons, I'll say that. You know, in history, but I mean, we can't win the big game. Get the hell out. Of it.
0: <laughs> Rudy's paying, but it's
2: not his fault. It's Kyle. It's Kyle Shanahan. There's a big reason why. But that's football, man. This is a podcast. This is two stuff <laughs> We can have Dak Prescott, man. I'm. Oh
0: no, no man, full- you full- don't 100. want to go down that rabbit hole, Wesley.
2: I just recovered from the Super Bowl, Wes. Did you want to give me another loser? No. (laughs) No.
0: So we're going to go ahead and go to you next, Ben. And Ben, we've told you what we thought about Jeremy Sohan. And we need some hope, man. So I'm looking to you to give us some prospects that Spurs fans need to be keeping an eye out on since the draft is just around the corner. It's going to be coming up soon. We're getting into the the tail end here uh, of the season as we start nearing the NBA All-Star break. So what do you got for us, man?
4: You obviously have Victor Wimbanyama. You have Scoot Henderson. I think it's fair to say everybody has heard about them. You know what they're about. The
0: Thompson Twins?
4: Thompson Twins actually just wrote something for Project Spurs the last two weeks on both of them. Uh, Ahmed Thompson, probably the the, – if he was in the NBA right now, he would be a top 1% athlete. That's how freakishly athletic he is. Oh, yeah, I
0: saw some things right too on on the internet. Uh, they had some simulations that the Spurs get the third pick. They're going to pick Amin Thompson.
4: Makes sense. He can. He's six seven. He can play point forward for you. Um, you have to worry about his shooting. You have to see how it projects. It's it's been an issue. Um, this it's funny despite like overtime elite putting out all these videos and and training sessions or whatever, like he still struggles to shoot in games uh, beyond the arc. Uh, He doesn't really have a mid-range either. He either gets to the rim or he finds a teammate. I mean, those are kind of his two options right now. Um, All-Star Thompson is similar. His shot is a little better. He's got more of a mid-range game in that regard, but that's also because he's, not as explosive as his brother. If if Amon Thompson is a top 1% athlete, All-Star Thompson is still probably a top 10% athlete. Um, but it's... It, it, the difference between the 1% and the 10% would be noticeable at the NBA level. Um, All-Star Thompson doesn't quite have that powerful, super quick and explosive first step that Amon does. He's still a very good ball handler. He finds teammates. He's also able to pull up in the mid-range. His three-point shot has been better than Amin so far. That shot is a little more projectable. Um, the big issue that I have, and it's not necessarily their fault, but it's the league and the competition that they play is not great. It's, it's somewhere above high school level ball, but it's nowhere near college or G League ball. It's, it's a high school plus plus maybe kind of deal, which makes it incredibly hard to evaluate some of what they do. Um, And frankly, they've gotten away with some bad habits and that they can kind of be lazy on defense. Like you're going to look at their numbers and say, Oh, well they rebound the ball well, and they, they rack up steals, but they're shooting passing lanes. They're, They're not completely disciplined on defense. There's a lot of times they're standing straight up on defense. They're not in any sort of stance. They get blown by that way. So I think some discipline is going to be required in that regard. Um, There's a lot of people talking about Cam Whitmore. He still scares me a little bit. He's come on stronger recently, but he missed games to start the season. It was a hand injury. So that's kind of a big deal. He's played really well. I think. I think the biggest obstacle for him is actually going to be that Villanova probably doesn't even make the NCAA tournament. So people aren't going to get to see him as much. Um, you're not going to get an extra game or two out of him. You're going to get through the Big East tournament and that's it, maybe. Um, but he is a really strong, powerful forward at, I think, six seven or six eight, And he's a guy who can, like, he will finish through you and not even think about it um he has to shore up his shooting as well but really good finisher can handle it a little bit um has been doing a lot for villanova because one they lost a hall of fame head coach and two they don't have the same pieces as they did last year and they don't quite recruit at the level that a lot of these other schools do um some talk about nick smith but his injury history is not great he's He's played, I think, less than double-digit games this year for Arkansas, which is not helping his case. That was a guy who a lot of people thought should be the first point guard off the board after Scoot. Um, I don't know if that's the case. A lot of people are now saying his teammate, Anthony Black, might be the second point guard taken in the draft. Um, And Anthony Black, 6'7", can see over defenses, pretty confident player. Not a great three-point shooter, but... I think a lot of that is because he's shouldering a heavier offensive burden now for that team with Nick Smith out and with Trevon Brazil out, who is a really good player. I don't know if he was, he wasn't, probably wasn't a first round worthy player. but he's a very good college player. Um, those are kind of the guys in the range right now. There's, there's a lot of dudes who are potential lottery picks. There's, it's it's funny. I feel like this year you're you get a guy at twenty, between twenty and twenty five. It could have you know, that guy could have easily been a lottery pick, and it's just I think a lot of it is going to come down to preferences for teams this year. I don't think it's going to be best player available. Um, a lot of the you know obviously except for one and two I'd say and maybe three and four, but after that it's very much going to be. Teams deciding on the preference of player they want, whether it's by position or if they're looking for specific attributes. I mean, I've seen Keontae George kind of go all over the place because that's a guy, I mean, who plays at Baylor. So anybody in Texas, you've probably watched him quite a bit. I know, I know Wes has seen him a few times just because he's a Texas tech guy, he follows Big 12. So you're gonna know about Keontae George, but he's he's a bit of a volume three-point shooter. But the the thing with Baylor is he is their offense at times. Like they have Adam uh, Flagler and LJ Cryer who are good college point guards, but they're not gunners like Keontae George is. And, um, that's, that's been both a redeeming quality and what some people hate about him because they're like, well, he's not afraid to shoot it, but also it would be great if he hit more of those shots that he's not afraid to shoot. So um, that's kind of concerning. He's a solid defender, can can defend the one or two spots. Um but, yeah, it's, there's kind of a smorgasbord of guys between, you know, after, like, the, the after the third pick, really, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking here, you know, at several of these mock drafts. And I got to say, you know, not just look, looking at the mock drafts, but in general, when you're looking at picks anywhere from 1 through 10, it looks like the upcoming NBA draft is going to be very guard heavy. Uh, you got a, a couple of power forwards there that that might gain some interest and might move up. Uh, but if you're not getting that number one pick and, you know, let's say the Spurs aren't getting that number one pick and they're not going to select one Victor Wembeyama, much to the dismay of Spurs fans, again, the best available player might be a shooting guard or a point guard, you know, and they're oh, like, we already, we, Spurs are already heavy in that
4: department. Joe, I don't want to, interrupt. we didn't, there's a guy I completely forgot that we should have been t- talking about who's been. Shooting up draft boards who who might act he might overtake Amon Thompson as the number three guy is Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Six nine power forward, two twenty, very good shooter. Michael Porter. Defender. Um people will argue that he's old for a freshman. He's gonna be 20 by the time the NBA draft happens. So he'll be he'll be older than a lot of your other freshmen, but he's still only 20. So there's there's time to mold him, but like Brandon Brandon Miller might actually be a guy who is making his way up to number three and solidifying himself as a top three option. I mean, there's no way he overcomes Scoot and Wembenyama, but he he may end up in kind of that tier of his own, and he'll be he'll be the second guy behind those two. Um, so I I would be remiss if I didn't get a chance to mention Brandon Miller.
0: Yeah, I've also been hearing things like Jairus. Uh... Ah, uh, Jarris Walker, for example, out of Houston, that he might wind up breaking the top ten as well. So, another interesting thing to keep an eye on because he is six foot eight, two twenty, power forward. You know, so maybe get some interest from a team that might be wanting to go ahead and add some size and athleticism.
4: I think he might actually. Excuse me. I think Houston might even actually list him at two forty. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not lugging around weight. The kid is strong. He is lean. He is going to bully you. And fortunately for him, his three-point shot has been coming along, has been improving throughout the season, which is one of the reasons he's kind of jumping up into the top 10 right now. Um, Very good rebounder as well, as as you would expect from a guy at that size who moves incredibly well. Um, A place for Houston, another Texas team. A lot of talent in the state of Texas that people should be watching, folks. Um, no no dearth of talent to watch for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jairus Walker in the top 10 would not be surprising to me.
0: Yeah, but, you know, uh, quite honestly, I'll be honest with each one of you guys. If the Spurs, I think uh, go ahead and go into the NBA draft lottery, uh, you know, probably winning under 20 games. Uh, I still got this feeling that they're going to wind up getting at least the fourth or the fifth pick in the draft, you know, which... Isn't too bad. You know, Spurs fans are going to obviously want that number one pick. But if you're getting picks four or five, who's your guy? Who are you going to go with? Uh, you know, can,
2: let me, can I chime in on this one? Yeah, real yeah quick? go ahead, man. So this is my, and Spurs fans are going to hate me because I haven't really come out and said it too much because I haven't wow. talked Spurs about it so much. Uh have been NFL draft talk lately. But if the Spurs don't get the first or second pick, then 100% you need to trade down in this draft because your your talent level is from 3 to 30 is so similar. It's like you're you're going to get one player at 3 that you could have got the same player at 26 or something. One team they need to contact is Indiana. Three first round picks this year. Let the Pacers trade up if they want to grab that eight spot if they're still there, maybe one of their lower end first round picks. Load up on assets because outside of scoot and wimbayama if you're three or below just trade down you're not gonna de- you're not gonna get an impact player that's gonna come in and make this team a playoff team or even a play in team contender right away with the talent that's in this draft collect assets get a player later on in the first round get a couple of extra picks maybe even in the second round but definitely if you fall within the top without the t- well if you fall out of the top two, Spurs fans, you're going to hate me, but you know what? Bring the hate. doesn't matter to me. You've got to trade down. You've got to.
3: Hey, and Pretty also, let me point this here. out. there, To get the number one pick is so rare. And for the number one pick to work out and be somebody who's trans- mm-hmm. just absolutely like the franchise, you know, out of this King world player. type of player is also yeah. so rare. I mean, think about it. The Spurs got so lucky to get Tim. They got so lucky to get David. And those were, you know, just not that far apart, about 10 years apart. That just doesn't happen. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like I know people aren't going to want to hear that, but they've already gotten lucky twice. And I, I agree with what Rudy's saying in this. I had kind of spoken with some people too, and I, and Ben, you might hate this idea, but I had kind of thought with Spurs and what they have asset-wise, it would be kind of neat to see them package some things that they do have to get both Thompsons. Um, or to, you know, if they can't go and get like, uh, you know, Wimby or, or also Scoot that they could, you know, like you said, Rudy, move back. You, you could get some great players at that 10, 9, you know, spot. And, and again, um, if you got yet another pick in this draft and you're able to shore that up, imagine you could get two incredibly impact players just from, you know, that coveted four or five, you know, pick that you had. So, I, you know, I, I agree. It's, at this point, it's it's Wimbayama and Scoot or Bust. And if, it's, if you don't get them, I, I think, yeah, you, you just have to think about you're going to get quality no matter what you do. Um, you look at what OKC has done and I know that obviously Chad well, is hurt and he's not bad. there yet, but man, my goodness, you think about well, how well they're set up for the future.
4: And if you're talking about the Pacers trading up for possibly a third or fourth pick, I mean, they're not looking for a Wembenyama because they just shorted up Miles Turner and renegotiated his contract. They have their center. I mean, what do what do the Pacers need? They have a point guard. They have their big man i mean they could use a forward to help them out and maybe i mean you probably don't pick um Amon thompson if you're the pacers just because you have your point guard you like tyrese halliburton we're not going to try and bring another guy in here and compete with you that would be crazy after the season halliburton is having and after the trade they made to get him with mm-hmm. the Kings, which is i think has helped out both teams by the way um But actually, if you're the Spurs, you're hoping that Charlotte once again figures itself out and wins some games. They're not, they're They're past getting to the playing game. They're past getting to the postseason. I know that. I'm past that. I'm still salty, but I'm moving past it. But if Charlotte wins some games like they were supposed to this season, it gets them out of the bottom three there, gives the Spurs that 14 or whatever percent chance it is to get the top pick. And if they're in the the bottom three, I believe they're guaranteed to go no worse than the fifth pick if you're the Spurs. So that guarantee is also nice to have.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have, but like you said, it's not guaranteed. And, Paul, what are the Spurs' percentage chances right now if they were to go ahead and keep on, uh, let's say, losing at their current trajectory? They're probably going to be winning maybe between maybe 21, 22 games when it's all said and done, Uh, hopefully less than that. But what are their chances currently of getting that number one pick overall?
1: Well, they've done the right thing right now. They've lost this. They're on the six-game losing streak, which has helped them, uh, you know, get worse than Charlotte. So they're actually in, they're at 27 right now, which is where you want to be. You want to be either 27, 28, I mean, 28, 29, or 30. The three, the bottom three worst teams in Ben's right, you know, you get 14% lottery odds. So they got to basically hold where they're at right now, which is tough because, you know, these players on a six-game losing streak. And so they got to hope that some of those teams, um, they're actually getting closer to Detroit. So Detroit's at, at, at 29 right now. So uh, that's kind of what they got to do is they're in the right spot right now. And, and you know, they could make the roster way worse by trading, you know, Jacoperto, Doug McDermott, and uh, and Josh Richardson next week. So that that could help, um, you know, to continue with the tank. But, but but if not, you know, they got to be very careful about winning games. And I know it's know tough to tell the team because, you know, the, the players want to win games. They don't want to be on this losing streak. But they're actually doing the right thing right now if you're looking at the lottery.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, let me ask you another question here, Paul. Because the team, like I was saying, if they wind up breaking in and getting that, you know, one of the top picks, probably my my guess would be the four or five being realistic here. Because I don't know if lightning can strike three times. It would be great if it does, you know, and the Spurs wind up getting that that first pick again. But realistically, if they wind up getting that fourth or fifth pick, are you going to be disappointed if they wind up drafting another guard? Because, I mean, like I said, when you go one through 10, you have Victor Wembayama at center. And then you have one or two power forwards in there and the rest are going to be shooting guards or point guards. I mean, what, what would happen if they wind up picking up another guard?
1: No, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised because I know what I know what, like the percentages are. And like, you know, just me alone, like when when I was when I before I prepped the Spurs cast, I do the lottery simulator and take it It took me 19 tries to get them number one day of the other day <laughs> at the wow. time before that eight tries. <laughs> yeah. So I know that getting number one is not something I'm going to be expecting or even number two. So. Um. What, what? What? I mean, I'm like, I, I'm not the the draft first. Like, I always go to Ben for any kind of like who, who he would trust. But now Rudy's actually throwing a wrench here because now when I when I talk to Ben in the future, I'm gonna be asking Ben is it better that they take this guy at three or should they just trade the picks, you know, cause um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not in the draft. I don't watch much college basketball at all. So um, I always usually go to Ben for that. But if, if, if I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Ben that question, though, should they trade the pick at five or should they, you know, draft a player here, you know, and what player. So yeah. um, Again, I, I'm not expecting them to, to win Benyama or, um or, or, or Scoot, but that would be a surprise if they actually got the, one of those two players.
0: Yeah. And this is the thing too. I think if the Spurs wind up trading down uh, as Rudy was saying, uh, that would signify to me that they're going to go ahead and draft for need versus going ahead and getting the best available player. Uh Thoughts on that, Rudy?
2: I'm sorry, what was that, Joe? I, I said I,
0: if the Spurs wind up trading down in this upcoming draft, to mm-hmm. me that would signal them going ahead and tr- they would they would be willing to tr- not you know trade down to go ahead and draft for the need of the team versus best available player.
2: Yeah, trading down. I mean, you've okay. So the San Antonio Spurs, they like I said, they're not right there playoff contenders right now, they've got a lot of needs actually still. I mean, you see Jeremy Sohan, you see Keldon Johnson, you see Devin Vassell. That's kind of your core right there. You've got to improve the point guard position. You still don't know what's going on with Jakob. So you're going to probably need a big man. So that's what I'm saying. Trade down, get some assets. It's not going to happen in this draft. Th- to me, this is a pretty weak draft. You, outside of the, maybe the top two or three guys in this draft, you're not going to get, you know, These Hall of Fame type players, you're not going to get these, you know, instant, instant impact players. This past draft that we had was that draft right there, and it's going to be like that for a little while. But yeah, it's just more like trading down. Just get some assets, get a couple of draft picks. If you get a couple of second rounders, hey, no big deal, second rounders. The thing is, is that what I want to say too is this. If you are lucky enough to get number one, and you get Yama. We had the pleasure of, like Wesley said, you had David, you had Tim. The difference between those two guys and Victor Wimbayama is these guys were technically veterans when they were being drafted. I mean, four years in college basketball, very good guys, very good IQ guys, everything like that. My problem is, is players these days, no matter if you're drafted one or 30, You have no idea what these kids are thinking anymore they want a bigger market they're coming to san antonio i'm going to put in my time for four years and i'm bailing because why i want to be in new york i want to be in this market i want to be over here i can't get the exposure so you're going to have four good years of victor wimbayama hopefully what you want to do is like i said if you land him great but if you don't trade down get assets better your team set your team up for the future a la okc that's one team that's going to be competing for a very long time Take a note out of there. He is former or Sam Presley, former Spurs. We should learn from him.
0: Hey, Ben, I got a quick question for you. You might find it comical. Don't if worry. the Spurs wind up trading down and they miss out on Victor Wembayama, could the six foot eleven center out of Duke, Kyle Filipowski, be the poor man's Victor Wembayama?
4: I mean, not the poor man's Victor Wembayama. <laughs> <I laughs> <can't do> <laughs> you, you get that guy in the teams of the twenties, I think it's a great pick. Um a lot of people. I mean, he was a five-star recruit going into going to Duke. Uh, he is the and and Duke had the number one and the number two recruits in the country coming to play, and he has outplayed both of them so far this season. Derek Whitehead has not played a whole lot because of injury. Derek Lively had some injury issues, but he's also very much just a defensive big. Doesn't he's a lob threat, and that's about it. Like he he doesn't have a post move. He doesn't. He's an athlete. That's it. Kyle Filipowski has has been the scoring leader for Duke on many occasions this year. He's that that's actually not a bad pick, again, in the teens, early 20s. I think it's a good pick at this point. He's shown that he's he's better than a lot of people thought he would be. He can shoot from outside a bit. He's a solid rebounder. He has a few go to post moves. He can shoot it in the mid-range. He's not going to be able to guard much of anybody outside of fives, which yeah, that's a problem because uh, he's a bit slow. He's not super athletic, but I still think he's a to be a solid pick. Um, and if if the Spurs decide we want another forward or center, that's that's a guy you can certainly go for.
0: You think he would do an ample role in filling the gap that's left if if one Jakob Portal decides to leave?
4: I mean, he's not going to be as good defensively as Jakub Portal is, but. Um, he, he'll try. he be uh, a body. <laughs>
2: he's from Duke, so he's got to be terrible. There's no big man from Duke. That <laughs> oh, good. Rudy.
0: Rudy and his hate for Duke are clearly evident here in this take.
2: <laughs> Who's the last big man from Duke to actually do anything? Cherokee Park. Oh, wait a minute. Mike you got to go way back, Rudy. You're talking about going back to the 90s,
0: man.
4: Checks, notes, number two pick, Jaleel Okafor. Oh God, oh, Jesus! Who? I guarantee you, hardly <laughs> anybody knew how to
2: spell that kid's name. Well, hey, at question. least Christian you know, Laettner lucked
3: the his way onto team, you know,
2: on the dream team. I mean, come on. Yeah, that is there true. That. that is true. If you want to be an NBA player, don't go to Duke. There, it's rare oh. to be a good NBA player. Oh, wow. You don't want to be Cam Radish or RJ Barrett
0: yeah. or who's just staring the pot. All the Grant Duke No. coming or,
2: I I I know the show's coming to an end, but I've got to tell you, and Ben, I want to see if you agree with me. Would I've had a couple of people talk to me about this, and they are swearing up and down that the Spurs should somehow get, and this is later in the draft, one Zach Eady out of Purdue, and (laughs) I'm like, this kid is like I said, he's all the hype, the best player in college basketball. No, But Zach Eady is not the answer anywhere in the NBA. This guy is, he can have an okay career, but no, man, he, he's having that that season that you go to the YMCA and you're just balling left and What's right. What's that one
0: kid? You kind of remind me of that one kid. What was the name of that one guy that the Spurs had kind of wanted to take a look at? And they brought him back like two seasons ago. Uh, I think it was during training camp. And then immediately they just said, nah, man, we're good. We're off of him. And they sent him back over there to play with the Shanghai Sharks or something. What was his name? He was like a point guard or something.
1: Jimmer?
4: Jimmer Fredette, no?
0: Yeah, it was Fredette. Oh,
4: Yeah, I I forgot they brought over Fredette. Yeah, that man's balling out in China. He doesn't want to come back here. Oh, yeah, dude. He should actually play defense in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Do they? Zach
2: Hades, Boban Marjanovic, except, I mean... (laughs) Boban's not exactly the great center I mean, you. He doesn't man, have though. the
0: personality of Boban.
2: No, he doesn't. He doesn't.
4: Zach Eadie will not find himself in a goldfish commercial. No. And with the little not.
0: hand, with the little hand.
4: Or John Wick. Yeah. I, or. Hey. John,
2: yes. Stay out of my DMs when it comes to Zach Eadie. That guy's no.
4: Hey, Zach Eadie, late in the first round. Late in the no, don't talking, say it. Don't I'll awesome. I will click off this episode. I'll I'll log off quick. Don't listen, say it first he Listen, he's seven no. four, he's two eighty, he's immovable. I'm not and I know the NBA is not a post game. He's gonna get killed there. He's not fast enough to to defend anybody other than slow fives. I understand that. But you don't
0: take um, him in the first round though.
4: Not not it has to be after it has to be somewhere late twenties. If you do, it's really? it's hard. It's one of those things where it's like he's national player of the. He's going to be national player of the year. He has put up the stats. He has done everything that people have asked of him. You have to give him a shot. It's it's one of those kinds of picks.
0: I'm not saying
4: you should do that. I get it. Like some guys are just meant to be great in college. They're not meant to translate to the NBA. Like I could see it in
0: his right now, Ben. He's exactly. hovering over the don't Translate to, to
4: the NBA because the NBA doesn't play a back to the basket game. If this was the nineties, Zach Eadie would be the number one pick. No, no probably question. so. Probably nope. so, in the 90s, yeah. well,
3: Hell, he can stay in college and make more money with NIL anyway. Why Why even get drafted? He's not going to get a, for sure a first-round money. I mean, yeah, if you can't get in college, get three NIL deals until, until somebody really wants you in the NBA. Nobody's going to want him. Well, not for the lack I mean, He might uh, so. have to like, bring uh, in this
4: he he show can't right go, in anyway, so he might stay for him. Yeah, he probably wishes good. he could go the Frank Harris route and stay oh, like nine no. years in college.
0: <laughs> Dude, this this show's getting out of control. That's why we've got to start bringing it to an end. But before we do, we're just going to get everybody's real quick takes here. We do have the Super Bowl coming up, and we know that it is going to be my most unfavorite team in the NFL, which is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Ugh. I hate the Eagles. And it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I ain't got a dog in this fight, but I'm pulling for my homes just because out of pure hate for the Eagles being a lifelong Cowboys fan. You can come at me all you want because Wesley's a Cowboys fan as well. So we're used to it, man. We're used to being disappointed, just like Rudy uh, being a lifelong Falcons fan. <laughs> We're used to disappointment. <laughs> but uh, I got to go around the horn here. Paul, who do you got in the Super Bowl? Do you like Mahomes or do you like Jalen Hurd and the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Well, I don't really watch football these days, so I'm just going to go with Mahomes. That's the only player I recognize from both teams. So I don't So there you so go. Chiefs. I Paul said, Mahomes,
0: Mahomes. Gotcha, man. There you All go. Right.
3: That's the only guy I recognize.
0: <laughs> what about you, Wes? Who do you got?
3: Eagles or Chiefs? Okay, might shock you. I, I, my heart wants Mahomes, but I just think the Chiefs are too beat up. Um, I think the Eagles have more depth, and th- that may help are you. Ready for the so, Eagles? Um, I, I think, I think the, I think the Eagles will win. I'm going to cheer for the, the Chiefs though.
0: No, they're, they're good man, good man. Well said. Because I was about to hit that block button.
3: <laughs> I, I would <laughs> never cheer for the Eagles, Joe. You know this. Never, Damn right, you ever, won't. Ever. <laughs> you can't. No.
0: What about you, Ben? Chiefs or Eagles?
4: I think, I think the Eagles are just too good this year, man. They're a team of destiny right now. I think it's got to be them.
0: So Ben's going Eagles. Gotcha. What about you, Rudy? I know you don't like either team, but well, you got to pick one.
2: Well, considering I'm a Falcon fan, I'm going to stick with birds. I'm going to go with the Eagles Aww. this time. And this is why I say this is the game where you're going to see Tyreek Hill being missed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it's the deep ball. I think, you know, Kelsey's is going to have a good game. I think Mahomes is going to be great. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. But give me the Eagles for the win. They just They just look way too dominant all season when they're healthy. And I don't think the Chiefs have enough to get it done.
0: Yeah, I think the Eagles defense might be a bit too much for the Chiefs to overcome, but you can never count out one Patrick Mahomes in the heart of a champion there. I think that Mahomes can come through in the clutch, even though he's playing on just one leg. You know, he's he's playing on one leg, and he's still playing better than one Dak Prescott. So that's all I gotta say about that. I'm going for the Chiefs either way. So we're going ahead and bring this show to an end. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put the the, the nice graphic right here where you can go ahead and follow each and every single one of these guys on social media, especially on Twitter. Make sure you go and get Paul Garcia Love and also Rudy Campos Jr. with Sweep the League. Make sure you tune into that. Make sure you also subscribe to his podcast. It's a good podcast there. And they kind of go off the rails on on occasion.
2: Oh yeah, we definitely do. This last one, we had a Top five hottest players in Candace Avila's eyes left oh, in the playoffs. No. <laughs> so the topics I get presented with, you know, before the show, just I, I scratch my head all the time, but hey, it's a fun show. So get <laughs> there you go.
0: Make sure you go and subscribe and you go ahead and listen to Sweep the League. And Wesley? You can go ahead and follow him on Twitter. And the same thing with Ben. Go ahead and make sure you follow all these guys on Twitter. So for Paul Garcia, Rudy Campos Jr., Wesley Perkins, and Benjamin Bornstein, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for watching and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace.